Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, everybody. My name is Alex. This is Lunchbox Radio Sunday Edition. Now, if you are... Not just new, not new to the podcast, but if you are listening to the podcast for the first time in a while, or even if you are returning after many times, thank you so much. But also, this podcast, this particular one, and the Sunday editions, I hope going forward, may be a little shaky in terms of when they come out, but they'll always come out, I hope. And, and if they don't, I will let you know. But that is because I'm putting this on video which is a whole new thing for me. So um, be be a little patient why I figure out exactly how I want this to go. But I just thought that because these are typically shorter episodes and they have less to, they have less to do with a specific anime that these could go up on YouTube and you know more people could hopefully find the podcast and listen to it and all that other fun junk. So, on this Sunday edition, what I want to talk about was something that I saw come that that I see coming up constantly, and that is this question of why things like Jujutsu Kaisen and Chainsaw Man are take are these huge shonen properties that are taking off in ways that no one can really that no one can really explain on some level but everybody it feels right to everybody like if you look at Jujutsu Kaisen if you look at um Chainsaw Man you look at them and you're like hey, uh, why are these popular but also of course they're popular and the real uniting factor that I think there are two uniting factors to those to to those two shows success but also a lot of a lot of shows previously successes as well. And also there's one interesting failure here that I want to talk about. Um, and that failure has to do with Naruto, surprisingly. But um, the reason why I think that Jujutsu Kaisen and Chainsaw Man have been so successful and stuff kind of in their mold have been so successful is because they're working in... They're typical shonen tropes, of course, but they're also working in the horror. We're also working in horror with horror tropes. If you look at Chainsaw Man, if you look at Jujutsu Kaisen, if you look at going far as far back as something like Vampire Hunter D, horror tropes bring in something that. And even if you look at something like, um, say, Yu Hakusho or even parts of Hunter Hunter, when they bring in horror tropes, what they're really doing is they're not bringing in like the like heart, they're bringing in the heart pounding suspense of horror. They're bringing in the like, the things that make you feel kind of 
in your core uneasy, but also you can't stop watching it. That's kind of Jujutsu Kaisen's whole fucking vibe, so to speak. And that means that it... Those kind of bad vibes it gives you lend you to want to keep watching it because in Jujutsu Kaisen's case, it's using horror tropes on both ends. On one end, every superpower in Jujutsu Kaisen is... Uh, and people people have a hard time understanding Jujutsu Kaisen because it do, it's doing one thing, I think, pretty uniquely in the fact that it's taking people's worst attributes, it's taking people's worst qualities, and it's amplifying them as if they were superpowers. What do I mean by that? Look at Gojo. Gojo believes he's the strongest in the world, so he is. Look at... Um, Nobara is just like a nasty. She's just like a nasty person. She's not. She she's she's like the best friend that we all have, who's just a terrible person, and we love them for it. And then you look at somebody like um Toto, who is also just kind of like he he's the guy who 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 is there for everybody, and nobody's ever there for him because he just got a weirdo, creepy personality. And the more you understand that, like, by and large, all the ca- the characters who are the strongest in Jujutsu Kaisen are also, with the kind of exception of Ichidori, are also kind of the worst people in that show. Like, like, yes, Gojo has like it is he puts on this like fun almost, and this joke has been made tons of time. Kakashi esque. Um, persona, but he believes he is the best sorcerer in the world. And so he be- is the best sorcerer in the world. The only way that story kind of keeps going in a way that has teeth is they straight up remove him from play at all. And if you pay attention, Jujutsu Kaisen, they tell you that from the jump. They're like, in order for you know, uh, the bad guys have a shot. We need to get rid of this guy <laughs> because he's just like he's built to be too strong. Um, and then you look at something like Chainsaw Man, and Chainsaw Man is built on the, the concept is built on fear on people's fear of things in concept, like the Eternity Devil, like the Chainsaw Devil, like. The Bat Devil, all of those like horror motifs are supposedly conjured up by people's subconscious fear of things, hence the Gun Devil. And if you look at other shonen, the reason why it doesn't, especially other mainstream shonen, the reason why it doesn't feel as innovative, as forward, as forward as others, as other things as things like Jujutsu Kaisen or Chainsaw Man or even Bleach, and I'll get to Bleach in a second, is they're not... They're not acknowledging the innate horror of what the fuck is going on ever. What they're doing is they are... They're following the typical shonen jump shonen formula. And 
even though something like Bleach does, what Bleach does is it also brings in horror traits in the way it treats the hollows and the way it treats basically all the bad guys is just kind of, it's this first layer of this shit is scary. Like this shit is not, this doesn't, it, like when you first see a hollow in Bleach, it does not feel like, oh, I wandered into a kid's action show. It feels like, oh, this is some adult nightmare shit. And we're done. We're done. It's not going to go well for us. But the second layer, but the second, third, and fourth layers have to do with the world of that story. Once you realize that if you become a soul reaper, by the way, spoilers for bleach for bleach background, if you're worried about that, for bleach backstory, once you become a soul reaper, if you die and you have a particularly high amount of spiritual pressure, you're not going to like you're not going to you A, you don't reincarnate anyway. B, your soul isn't going to like rest peacefully you're going to be captured by the soul society and turned into a weapon and like the the thousand the thousand year blood war arc is really the at least in the show it's the it's the real first other than bleach with other than ichigo with um dangetsu and hollow bleach and hollow Ichigo and all this other stuff. It is really the first true explore exploration of all of the Soul Reapers, all, all the captains, the vice captains, even the you know, the troops on the ground who have Zanpakuto, who have a sword, have a real relationship with that sword. The most complicated one, I think, is um Shinsui. He seems to have a really Unique relationship with the spirit of his Zanpakuto. It just feels very, it, it's very unique is what I will say. But there's this kind of like horror and dread to like, oh, all of these people are walking around with swords forged by, like forged, forged out of essentially their predecessor's soul. That's terrifying. And the, the thing I think that, at least right now, that Good Shonen is doing is that it's taking the kind of implied consequence that lots of that lots of good horror has, and I'm I can't make it through a horror movie. I'm fucking uh -uh. um I I I wouldn't be able to sleep for a week. I I, I even I close my eyes during horror movie trailers in the movies. I'm not a horror person. But what I am is a person who likes the consequences that horror introduces. So the, the long tail that horror can suggest. Because like the a classic horror movie trope is like new family moves into a house and the house is haunted as shit. What does that mean for that house? That, that house has been left standing and it haunted as shit for decades. With that, what other families lived in there? How many families have died in this stupid house? Like, those questions, those what well, oftentimes nerds have come to call hilariously Gandalf's Durst questions, don't 
they don't need to go unanswered, but they also don't need to be not posed at all. And so much of what Shonen does is it doesn't pose, is it focuses solely on action and solely on like the hype train of things. And it doesn't pose the real questions. One of the reasons why I think My Hero Academia has gotten so strong, it's gotten so strong from a story's perspective. I mean, I haven't watched season six, but I watched part of season five and blah, 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 blah. Is the the side stories they have chosen to tell you. They've chosen to tell you to go in depth on all of the bad guys, on all of what it means. They have a, they have a, like, they built up this entire system of what does this society of what does society look like once we put a layer of superpowers on it and oftentimes that's not good and uh, the one i always bring up is himiko toga because she's a great example because in this universe where not only are you born to a certain like economic class but you're born in a certain of none of your own fault but you're born in a certain class of people with powers. What does it look like when you have a superpower that just isn't isn't socially acceptable? Probably for good reason, but isn't socially acceptable. Say a power like Toga's, like you can transform and you can transform into people, but only if you consume their blood. What does that do to you down the line? And Himiko Toka is a great example of what that does to a person. Like what what it means when you just have a nightmare quirk. And then later on in the show, from what I understand, there's a whole conversation about discrimination between towards people who have quirks who make them look different, who make them look like animals, who look, I think they call them heteromorphs. And who are essentially furries and scalies just walking around the world who have superpowers associated with the way they look like uh, Tokuyami or like um, the the lizard dude from the first season or from the first or second season. But they make a very good point. They're like, this stuff wouldn't go away. Like it, superpowers isn't going to fix shit. In fact, it's probably going to break more things. And the kind of genius there is that if you look at somebody like Himiko Toga, um, or even if you look at somebody like Chigaraki, if they were born in different scenarios, if they were born in slightly different scenarios, if one thing changed for each of them, they may not have ended up as, like, bad guys. And that... That vibe is felt throughout the show is felt throughout those characters and it it ends up being a thing that you that you have to think about that, you, that your brain kind of na- the show lends itself to you naturally thinking about that in something like Jujutsu Kaisen and something like Chainsaw Man they give they, they give you those pieces as well. They give you all the pieces to like understand who Denji is and like why he is the way he is and why he's so like weirdly fucked up. It, they give you the same kinds of pieces for power, and this hasn't happened yet in 
the series, but there is a there, there are payoffs to that. And there are big payoffs to that. You see a character like Kobeni, and one of my favorite, a my favorite kind of spiritual character in that show is Kobeni, and I know that I know that's true for a lot of sickos out there in the internet. Hello, but the and I've seen usually women, but also men on. TikTok and other places be like, why? Why is everybody in this co-banning so hard? And my explanation is probably a lot of people's explanation. It's not because we want like we want a wimpy girlfriend. It's because we see ourselves in her. Like we see we see ourselves in the girl who had two choices. You know, get involved in sex work or like take this shitty job. Like we that's the same as a lot of people who are like either I deal drugs or I get a real job or I do this or I do that. But like, there's no happy options for a lot of people out there. And one of the problems with Shonen, one of the, one of the, one of the double-sided, there's a problem and there's a benefit points to Shonen is that there are the like aspirational stories, A, it's uplifting, it's great, it's it's what you come to see. When you when you see Naruto succeed, you feel like you can succeed. But here's the thing. Batman and Robin are an interesting concept here because anybody could technically grow up to be Batman. Like you could aspire to be Batman. Robin is already Robin. The reason why Robin is interesting is because he is a portrait of an already fucked up individual. Batman, yes, got fucked up as a youth, like had his parents die in an alley to a gunman, to a rogue gunman, and blah 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 blah. Bat Batman things happened to Bat to Bruce Wayne. Um, <laughs> is what I will say. But anybody can grow up to be Batman. Batman can be aspirational for kids. Robin can't. Robin is something that, like, by the time you're ten, if you're not already a master gymnast who can fight, who can fight crime in the streets, you ain't you ain't gonna be like that's that's the Robin scenario. And what happens from Robin to Nightwing is what makes Nightwing an interesting character. What happens when you see the character that you can't be grow up into what he becomes? is interesting. The, the thing about lots of shonen protagonists is you cannot be them. You like that like you can you can't you can be them, but you can't, if that makes any sense. You can you can be you can grow up to be like Naruto is by the time you see him as Boruto's dad and Boruto. But you weren't born with the same set of circumstances as Naruto. And, and as you watch Naruto, the more those circumstances start to be true. The thing with... And, and the kind of the genius point of um, My Hero Academia in particular is that it was not... It, it specifically said... Okay, so you you don't live in a 
universe in which everybody's born with superpowers. You, like, you weren't born with superpowers, but neither was Deku. Like, ne- neither was he at all. And that lets you be that character. That lets you, from the jump, be Deku. That lets you understand. That, that lets you really relate to him and, like, oh, I I could get superpowers. That is possible at any point. Let's go. It's you can't be somebody like um Bakugo or like um like like anybody else really in that universe. But you can be Deku, and that's what has attached people to Deku is like he is one of the twenty percent of people in the world who you can who you're capable of being. And that creates an attachment to the main character, and that's great. But also, pretty quickly, that stuff goes off the rails. Like it, like so much of Shonen has to get away from what it was, and has to have a different. Can so easily get away from its from its roots, and just be big bombastic hype as hell fight for multiple spanning episodes just because it's cool. And the thing about the horror tropes that they that Jutsu Kaisen brings in that um Chainsaw Man that those two in particular bring in is that they they have such a strong presence that you can't like the shows those particular shows would have to make real 180 turns to get away from them like it would have to be a really diff it would be a really difficult transition you you, and um in the second part of chainsaw man they kind they almost did this they they like they they did a they did a heel fake almost in that they tell you a story about a like high school girl for like i think like two chapters and this high school girl's like sad, like sad to middling life. And then all of a sudden it like bends on its heel. It's like, haha, we're back. We got another evil motherfucker here. And it's it's just like it that suspense, that introduction of the kind of big scary world back into into shonen in a real permanent way is what makes things like Jujutsu Kaisen and Chainsaw Man stand out and oftentimes the like reintroduction of the real world on some level by force or a world bigger than oh, these characters are just this way because the story needs them to be this way. A real solid, built, meaningful environment is really what I think the horror genre, the horror tropes in both Jujutsu Kaisen and Chainsaw Man are being used for. Uh, um, Probably one of the best shonen of all times, um, Hunter x Hunter does a really good job of this. And it, it brings in moments of like real genuine horror and scenes. And it brings in moments of existential horror, certainly. But it 
it always adheres to its rules and the horror, the like the horror element in in Hunter x Hunter always do always adhere to its rules. Like the um the Phantom Troop, the Phantom Troop function by the same rules the superhero the the other characters of the show do, and the thing that the thing that I think that is a simplifying factor for something like um, Jujutsu Kaisen or Chainsaw Man is they do their best to make the bad guys unequivocally bad. Like, they they are rotten. The Phantom Troop, when you meet them, they're antagonists in the York New City arc. But they are later, you find out way more about them. You, you grow to understand them. This also happens a little bit in My Hero Academia, like once you realize kind of what the deal with society is in that universe, it sticks a little less. But if you look at um, if you look at the two biggest shows by far probably that I'm talking about here, um, and this also applies to, this also applies to Bleach, um, Jujutsu Kaisen and Chainsaw Man and Bleach, like I said, there are some redeeming factors. There, there are some complicating factors to, um, to their antagonists or the, the the to the bad guys in each of those shows. But by and large, they are nasty pieces of shit. And even even more than that, they are nasty enough where like the worst traits of the good guys are just fine. Are just fine. Like. Like, as monstrous as Makima is in the first season of Jujutsu Kaisen, you have no doubt that, like, she's doing something for the good. Whereas the, like, Snake Girl and Katana, and Katana Man are just vile pieces of garbage. The same thing is true of the Quincy's in, um, in the South Year Blood War arc. Like, yes, Captain Yamamoto, who does die, is a piece of work. He is probably a monster many times over. But he's a monster for the good. Like, the the big bad evil, the big bad evils on the good side are doing, are doing it for good. The big bad evils on the bad side believe they're doing it for good, but they're so nasty that you, you just don't buy it. You just don't buy it. And that's, I think, the thing that lets pe- that lets people like these shows the most. That there's all this interesting stuff happening, but at the end of the day, good guys good, bad guys bad. <laughs> um, I just I just had these thoughts because I was listening I was listening to um Otaku's Anonymous, which is a new um um anime podcast over by um. MC Hammer, tw- MC Hammer 23 and Danny Mata here on YouTube uh, or on YouTube, not here on YouTube, but on YouTube and MC Hammer 23, just, he's really perplexed by Jujutsu Kaisen. Like he keeps reading it, but he's just perplexed by it. And I'm like, dude, just like get down with the bad vibe universe of this thing and you'll be fine. Like, I, I, I don't know what to tell you, but um, I, I and it occurred to me that like the 
Why are the two most hyped shows that people are waiting for, two of the most hyped shows people are waiting to come back are using a lot of horror influence in their not just main theming, but main storyline. And I find that really interesting because horror is a massively popular genre, but also you're, you're lots of people are either horror people or they aren't. Like I'm not a horror person, but there are definitely people who are. And it's just it's really interesting. It's it's a it's a really it, it's really interesting that two really two massively popular shows have chosen like, yeah, but what if the world is kind of fucked? <laughs> have chosen that like vibe set that like the that the two that two of the most popular creators are like no like no the world isn't sunshine and rainbows and the and like the bad the bad guys don't just go away like the bad guys don't lose the good guys just always slightly eke it out and it's not fun for them necessarily it's torture on lots of different levels um there's lots of people are like why is Chainsaw Man the way it is. And uh, and as soon as I heard, oh, the creator is like my age, the creator is it, like a millennial, an elder millennial, that makes total fucking sense. What why 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 would he make that thing any other way? Same thing with Jujutsu Kaisen. The whole thing had just like cursed vibes to it, both literally and figuratively. Because like this is a bunch of like millennials living in the real goddamn world. Like, of course shit's gonna be Watched 24-7 at all times. That's just the world we live in. Like, I think a lot of fantasy has a right to totally ignore reality. But I think the best fantasy takes reality at its word and it's like, hey, um, like we're going, we're going to tell you a version of reality. That is a ver a version of fantasy that's slightly less power fantasy esque, and lots of people really dig that because it it those stories have more teeth. They have more. They feel more aware. They feel more worth the while. And on that note, um, if you like this podcast, new episodes of the podcast come out every. Thursday and every other Sunday. Every other Sunday is an episode like this. It's going to be a video episode, I hope. Um, but it's going to be more metatextual. It's going to be about bigger, grander concepts. Like, I'm not going to talk about a, just a singular show. It's, I'm going to focus more on a swath of shows like I did here. Um, Thursday episodes are just the podcast. If you're watching this right now, I will leave a link to the podcast in the description of this YouTube video. And you can check it out. That is about an individual show or property every week. Um, and that comes out every third day at 7 p.m. Um, Eastern time. So definitely look forward to that. And until Thursday, I have been Alex. This has been Lunchbox Radio's Sunday edition. And I will talk to you on Thursday. <laughs>